Welcome back to the Nothing But Grace podcast. For those regular listeners, you will have noted that I was away last week. I have uh, come down to Florida, a place called Freeport, Florida, where I'm visiting my mother, uh, who is 94 years old, and we're able to see each other for the first time in over a year uh, because we have both been vaccinated. So that's a little bit of a reminder to go out there and get your vaccinations done so you might rejoin life in a safe way and keeping others safe. Not everybody seems to be focused on the needs of others, and uh, I hope that you will be. But anyway, I welcome you. And uh, this will maybe sound a little different because I'm coming from a different place, but hopefully the message will still be same as uh, I'm going to be preaching today, a resurrection message. All of these are resurrection messages that follow on in our Easter season. Today's message is called the Evangel of a Resurrection Person. So I hope you will join in as we worship together on this fifth Sunday of Easter on the 60th pandemic worship service. And this will be, again, the service uh, and sermon topic for May 2nd, 2021. Those in our podcast audience get a little bit of a head start on all of that. So welcome as you've joined with us. I also want to remind you that if you want to connect with our church and find out more about who we are, and uh, the community of faith to which you are welcome. This is your home. Please uh, go to our website, almost fully developed, not quite yet. We've had to restructure that. But it is uh, www, and this is all spelled out now, First Baptist Church of com. In the background, you may hear a power saw running. Uh, that is because I'm at my mother's house, and uh, right now she is uh, having some construction work done as a result of a terrible storm that came through here earlier. It's almost completed, but I'm just going to ask that if you hear that power saw, just know that uh, it's going to be temporary. All right, now I want to uh, share with you that we are a connected community. This is just one way that we connect every Sunday through our podcast. Uh, We also utilize Facebook, and uh, we utilize uh, the radio in two ways. One is the normal broadcast signal that now is extended in its reach over the north-central part of North Carolina and southern uh, uh, central southern Virginia. Uh, But it is also possible and probably even preferable if you listen to it via streaming service. Those are very easy to find. I know I haven't explained this uh, lately, but a streaming service is uh, something like a simple radio app on your phone and then type in Rockingham County Radio, tune in at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time and it should be there. I discovered this last uh, Sunday as I was worshiping with my mother that there is sometimes a uh, bit of static. You can still hear the service most of the time. So I ask that uh, you do be patient with us 
the technologies that we use, whether they're Facebook or radio, uh, even podcast, um, we do the best that we can. And uh, so I hope you will make the extra effort yourself. So there's several ways to find out what's going on in worship, and I hope that you will continue to do that. Also, I haven't said this in a while, but if you will contact me via email, and uh, my email address is easily obtainable. It's on the website. Again, that is www.firstbaptistchurchofmadison.weebly.com. You can get my email address and you can write to me. And we will add you on our email list so that you may get the weekly devotions. Uh, both Marsha and Jan do a wonderful devotional. And when I get back and I can figure out the technological glitches I'm having right now, you can also get a weekly um, in, uh, set of inspirational music by Jane and Sylvia. So we are really trying to find ways to support one another in various platforms during the course of this pandemic. And some of this, honestly, will continue beyond that time. We have begun to meet again in our uh, sanctuary. Uh, so we now have added an additional way for people to worship. Of course, if you come to the sanctuary, be prepared for a different kind of experience. We have uh, social distancing. We take your temperature. We ask that you wear a mask uh, and not to go and try to contact people physically during that thing. We feel like this is a safety precaution that will enable us to get back to a state of normalcy a lot faster. So we ask that everyone be cooperative with that so that we might very soon be able to lift some of these things and get back to life as we do enjoy it. But before that happens, we have to take special precautions. So I know you understand that. And if you so desire to be present with you with us, we welcome you. Uh, just be sure to come and observe those precautions. Uh, so we've been doing this now for about three weeks. This is the third week, and um, it has gone well, I think. Uh, we're pretty pleased so far. And so we, uh, we're encouraged. Um, your ministers have been very encouraged, both myself and Reverend Jan and Reverend Marsh have been very encouraged by all this. And uh, let me just say this, as we are, um, as I'm recording this podcast early in the week, uh, I want you to say a special prayer for Marsha, Reverend Marsha, who has been hospitalized. Uh, we want to just make sure that she's getting the best care that she can. So I don't know, you know, what is going to be our situation come this Sunday. But uh, as of today, if you hear this podcast a little bit early, please remember uh, Marsha McQueen in your very special prayers, who is not only a beloved uh, co-minister of mine, but a, but like a sister to me. So please uh, lift her up in prayer. Uh, so many of you have gone through so much in this last year, and even now, your determination uh, is remarkable in how you have decided to live your life with optimism and hope whether you worship at home or whether you worship with us uh, physically, I want you to know I am inspired by you. Uh, 
so much of what we've done in this last year. People have commented that they've even learned some things about the Bible they didn't know previously, primarily because now their means of worshiping has changed. Uh, it may be that as we explore these better, we'll find that there's a lot more that we can do and add into our Christian life, and it's vital so that we might be strong, effective Christians in a world that is so terribly in need of a positive Christian message. Today's scripture is found in the fifth book of the Christian scriptures called the Acts of the Apostles, or simply Acts. The author is the same person who wrote the third gospel. Luke was a bit of a researcher, and so his writings reflect an accuracy that most Bible scholars readily acknowledge. Before we get into the lesson for today from Luke's second book, I'd like to remind you of two stories from his gospel. Each of these was intended to convey the teaching of Jesus regarding the wideness of God's mercy and the nature of his salvation. I think it's also important to note that these stories were also quite controversial. They both, in their own way, disturbed the religious folk who first heard them. The first story I would mention is a story Jesus told about a Jewish traveler who was attacked and left for dead on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. You know it best as the parable of the Good Samaritan. The question that prompted the story answer was, who exactly is my neighbor? When Jesus answers in the way he does, he concludes, he includes the excluded, the marginalized, the hated Samaritan. In fact, Jesus not only includes the Samaritan, he actually makes him the hero of the story. Now, without preaching an entire sermon on that story, let me just point out this simple fact. This story made the congregation mad. It was not what they wanted to hear or expected to hear from a good Jewish boy like Jesus. You see, the majority of folks there that day believed God saved folks like them, but not Samaritans. A second story that Luke recorded equally upset the gathered audience. This is the parable or teaching story of Jesus we often call the prodigal son. Once again, this was a story of the nature of God's grace and salvation. In it, a Jewish lad defies and embarrasses his father. Then he ruins his life in the process. When he returns home, instead of the expected rejection, he is welcomed and loved. It is a beautiful story of God's love, but it too was a controversial story. And each of these stories contributed to a simmering hatred against Jesus that would culminate in his death sentence. Well, I told you those stories for a special reason. I told you because I want you to get a sense of the flavor of who Luke was and the fact that he didn't seem to be afraid to tell stories regarding salvation that were controversial in nature. In Acts chapter 8, 
he recounts the story of a single conversion. And fair warning, this story was not only controversial then, but it is also still controversial. Many in today's church will find this an inconvenient part of the Christian story. Some will not want to hear it. Some will refuse to tell it. But here it is, and it is our scripture passage for today, found in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot. And he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See? Here is water. What presents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Aztos, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is an account of a conversion. There were many conversions to following Jesus witnessed by the early church. So why does Luke select this one to include in his book about the first days of the church? That is a good question to start with. But there are other considerations as well. It should also be noted that the character to really focus on in this story is not the man from Ethiopia. I'm going to talk about him a bit, but the one to really think about is the disciple, Philip. This was not only an important moment in his life, this is also an important teaching moment for the entire church, both then and now. You have heard the scripture read, but now let me retell the salient facts of this conversion story. Philip is inspired to go down the desert road that led to Gaza. This was the main route for travelers bound for Africa. 
While on this road, a traveler happens by. He is being transported by chariot, and because of that, he is able to read while he proceeds toward his home. As it turns out, he is reading from a portion of the Bible that vividly speaks of a future event, a foreshadowing of the crucifixion of Christ. Appearing confused by the account, he asks Philip what he thinks it means. That is when Philip shares with him the story of Jesus' good news or evangel of God for the world. Evangel is the word from the Greek language from which we derive our word evangelist. Its meaning is plain. One who tells the good news, the gospel, is an evangelist. The traveler is so impressed, so profoundly moved by the story of Jesus that he asks Philip an important question. It is the same question that Luke wanted his readers to also ask. What prevents me from being baptized? Okay, let's stop right there. There might be someone today who remembers that when I introduced the scripture, I said it was controversial, disturbing, and avoided. What I have said this far does not present any kind of problem at all. It is a beautiful story of how an evangelist shared the story of Jesus and an open and willing heart accepted Christ and desired baptism. What is controversial about that? Well, remember what I said about Jesus' stories of inclusion in the kingdom of God? Jesus included despised Samaritans. Jesus included prodigal sons. And Jesus included men like the traveler on the Gaza road. His request to be baptized, to be included in the beloved community of the Christian church was and is an important question and a challenge for the church of that era and the church of our day as well. There are three reasons, three facts about this man that were used then and still are to exclude and marginalize. First off, he was not of their nation. He was not born in their land, did not speak their language as his first tongue, did not share their culture, politics, or history. He was from Ethiopia, and that leads to another consideration. He was undoubtedly black-skinned. Race is a strange way to determine one's value in God's eyes. Nevertheless, race has been used for a long time to divide people, assign worth and to demean. His skin tone was darker than the typical Judean, but here is a fun fact. Did you know that the typical Jew of that day had far less difficulty accepting a dark-skinned African than they had accepting a fair-skinned Northern European? It was not blacks, but whites who were thought to be inferior savages, feared for their uncultured ways and strained languages that sounded to the bronzed people of the Mediterranean region like they were saying, bar, bar, bar. The word we use, barbarians, is referring to my ancestors, not people from the cultured countries of Africa. Nevertheless, the traveler was 
obviously different and human nature almost finds a reason for, always finds a reason for exclusion based on differences there was yet one more fact about this man that might prevent him from being baptized prevented from inclusion in the church he was a sexual misfit Sexual categories that we use today are not equivalent to the ways people thought in the Bible. This one fact has often been overlooked, and it has created untold woe and unending debate. So it is best to try and dig into the term so that we might think about and understand better, so that we might gain a true picture of its meaning. Such is the term eunuch. Eunuchs were excluded. They could not participate fully in the religious life of Israel. In fact, the law of Moses forbade it. The 23rd chapter of Deuteronomy begins, No man who has had part of his sex organ cut off may come into the meeting to worship the Lord. There it was, in black and white. Yet, what did Jesus say? He includes eunuchs in the kingdom of God when he says, for there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb. And there are also eunuchs who were made eunuchs by people. And there are also eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of God. The one who is able to accept this, let him accept. The subject matter is far too delicate to get too descriptive about in a public setting, but you need to know that there were three kinds of eunuchs. Some young men were violated sexually and forced to become incapable of normal sex. Others elected to be castrated, and most interestingly, and Jesus includes this category, some were born incapable of heterosexual sex. And yet, and yet, our Lord teaches his disciples that he includes eunuchs as part of God's beloved community. Even with the Mosaic Law's prohibition, Jesus corrects a misunderstanding. Perhaps he thought about it. Perhaps he remembered Daniel and his friends who were undoubtedly eunuchs. Could it be that the Creator God would reject them? Obviously, Jesus concluded he would not, and so he taught his followers a gospel of acceptance, of tolerance, a gospel of a generous grace. Even so, the thinking of most religious people was a rejection of those who did not fit in sexually with the norm. This Ethiopian eunuch did not fit in. I wonder, do you see any connection to our dilemma today? What do we answer when the alien, the person of a different race, the one whose sexual category is different, asks, what prevents me from being baptized? That day, Philip made a brave decision. Right then, he chose to follow Jesus no matter what the cost. Right there along a desert road, he welcomed a brother into the household of faith, not as a second-class citizen, but as an equal. And because he did so, the good news the evangel was taken into Africa, and the church established there by an unnamed eunuch still thrives. The good news is for all people. Jesus loves everyone. 
There is welcome for all in his house and food for all around his table. A person of the resurrection has good news to share. Jesus takes the hopeless, the defeated, and the dead and brings them to life. Philip understood this. The church today must embrace this. We must know it too. After all, Jesus has accepted us. Let us pray. Lord, help us to adopt your great welcoming heart that looks upon the beauty and value of each person you created. Show us how to call the immigrant the person of another race and those who have different sexuality as brothers and sisters. Then we too will be carriers of your great evangel to all the world you love. Amen. May God bless and keep you this week in every way, show his kindness to you, and may that kindness so change and affect your life that you, in turn, will show his love to others. Amen.